Hello and welcome to the Nerds Who Haunt Themselves podcast. I'm Stuart Moraine and I'm joined once again by... Andy Hanks. He's back. Yay. Back from the wilderness. Where have you been? What have you been doing? Uh, that, that, I just thought I'd take a bit what of a break. What did we say? I have been anyway. You haven't been inviting me to these things. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just taken a bit of a break. I saw work on my own stuff and I just thought I'd come back and make a cameo. I'm cameoing. Cameoing. Awesome. I like, will be playing you, you're the, today. You're the Stanley of this podcast. <laughs> um, if you want to check out the stuff Andy's been doing, then check out I Am Zoo on, on Facebook. Facebook. My scribbles. His scribbles, his art. He's being modest. <laughs> um, got a few things to go over. It's been a little while, so we've got some nerd news to catch up on. How have um, you been? I have been... Everything all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> too much? No. Okay, no, really. no, nothing. Um, Organising a Comic-Con still. Uh, oh, I remember Comic-Con. I remember that. That's about it. Uh, well, it's a, it's a comic festival rather than a Comic-Con. But. You, you said the word con first. What was allowed now? I know. I, I instantly regretted it. Last year we were whipped every time we used the word con. <laughs> well, the whip's in the shops. So. <laughs> Why do you think I've appeared? <laughs> You rang our whip repair guy first and then realised it was safe to come in. <laughs> um, Is it safe? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just lots of True Believers stuff. Um, it's happening, things are going on. Check out our Facebook page for the updates. Buy your tickets. It's really important you buy your tickets because yeah, we can't too. make it happen without it. Uh, tickets are being printed, so if you come and buy them from us in person, then you get a physical ticket. Or if you're one of the first 250, you'll get a very special limited edition lanyard if you buy them off of the website. Um, which you can vote on which character on our Facebook page. Um, Are you winning that at the moment? It's still Harley Quinn at the moment. It was close between Harley Quinn, Squirrel Girl, and Deadpool. So, but at the moment we seem to be on Harley Quinn. So, but yeah. So if you don't want a Harley Quinn one, then get in and get your vote in. Squirrel Girl. I was rooting for the Metal Men, but apparently I'm alone. <laughs> I think you're saying you actually remember the Metal Men. Yeah, probably. Remember Metal Mickey? But, well, was he one of the Metal Men? He wasn't. He could have been. There's mm. there's an expanded universe. Yeah, fantastic. And the uh, Smash Monsters, the Smash Robots. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were metalmen. They were metalmen. They were indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, what to begin with? Obviously, we're recording today. Woke up to the sad news that Yvonne Craig, who was Batgirl in the Adam West Batman TV series, sadly passed away. Um, I don't know about you, but I used to get really excited when the opening credits had come up and then Batgirl's cycle, motorcycle had come oh, into shot she was the one and he knew where, it was a Batgirl episode yeah, yeah maybe you mentioned this but I'm a bit of a I'd say Batman virgin really I, I'm I'm not wasn't very much into the Adam West Batman but it's something I want to I want to to, to fix I used to love it because Channel 4 used to show it mm. around the time of Batman 89 so I used to watch it on that so I was about 10 years old but um, they didn't seem to show him in any particular order, so because Batgirl was only in the third season, mm. but so you get a hit and miss as to whether it was going to be a Batgirl episode or not. But there was just something a bit more exciting about it being a Batgirl episode. Pretty girl to look at, I suppose. Well, when you're ten, yeah. Well, when you're ten, I don't think you really care. <laughs> <laughs> when you're ten, they're still a bit icky. <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously, as well, since we last recorded, we've lost Christopher Lee as well. Blimey, yeah, absolutely. And, um, my personal hero, Patrick McNee. Yeah. I was a massive Avengers fan. Uh, bowler hats, not Iron Man. And Terry Pratchett as well. And Terry Pratchett. I think, I think, yeah, I think we covered Terry well, Pratchett. Not when I was around. But not when you were around, no. 
Um, it's been a rubbish year, really, for people Tough dying with that. Tony Alfred going as well. I was a massive Minder fan, and sadly we lost George Cole the Absolutely. other week as well. Um, and um, Scylla. Scylla, Susan Sheridan, who was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. sadly passed away. Um, yeah, it's been it's been rubbish for people, but I think you know they've claimed all they need to claim for this year now. They've had their quota, so. But yeah, it's um, yeah, really sad news. But, but yeah, but um, moving on to more positive stuff. Uh, there are a lot of trailers have come out since Comic Con. Lots of trailers. Uh, starting with probably the biggie, uh, the one people are probably waiting for, given my love of Man of Steel, <laughs> the <laughs> Batman v Superman trailer. Right, uh, I'm going to stop this one off. Okay. Because I'm intrigued exactly. Right, your your hatred. <laughs> Your hatred of the Superman film was basically because Superman basically isn't Superman because he destroys a city and puts loads and loads of lives in danger. Yep. And this film addresses that. It does seem to address that, yeah. So, has your have you watched it recently? Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, not for about six months, and then I had to watch it in two goes. It's not just the destructive level of the no, Metropolis at the end. There's a lot wrong with that as a Superman film. But two questions. A, do you reckon you'll be able to enjoy Batman Superman with the last film in your mind? Well, is it already scarred it for you? I think I have, as with most Warner Brothers DC movies at the moment, a morbid curiosity rather than a, I've really got to see that film kind of buzz. Like anal sex? Yeah. Yeah, morbidly curious about it. (laughs) You'll never try again. (laughs) It's the last time I stop at that truck station. (laughs) But yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that trailer that I really like, and it is mostly the Batman stuff, to Mm. be fair. The shot of Ben Affleck running into the 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 oncoming cloud of shit, Mm. which is a real Batman thing. Um the shot of him as he gets slammed into the wall firing his grappling line and swinging out that way yeah it seems to move the way I want there's I've lots, always wanted to see Batman there's move. lots of things on the trailer first made me go ooh kind of, you know, kind of tingle a little bit there's also lots of things in the trailer that have made me think really mm. the there's a bit I thought it was going to be the redemption of the Kents where Martha Kent does the line of you know it's up to you to provide these people with hope to be a beacon thing and then they just throw it away with it being kind of like, or not, you know, fuck them. <laughs> Essentially. And it's like, you're Martha Kent. This, you got Jonathan Kent so wrong. Now you've got to screw up Martha Kent as well. With her just being kind of like, you know, oh, just fuck these people over there. You owe them nothing. <laughs> kind of thing. There's that, and I'm really not sold on Lex Luthor. Oh, right, yeah, okay. The whole red capes are coming sounds like it should have hashtag red capes are coming. <laughs> Like, it was just thrown in there as a market employee. I know, yeah. I know, I know a really good really good slogan. Just put that in somewhere. My, my only... My thing, I don't... It's because I don't understand it, but by the look of it, Batman is a new thing, isn't it? it, it has he come out of retirement? Batman's existed for a long time. Oh, he has existed, but Superman's only just turned up. Yeah. So they've... So okay, I think so they're so having they their Dark Knight cake and eating it. Yeah. But instead of doing Dark Knight at the end of their both their respective careers, it's at, towards the end of or in the middle of Batman's career. Because mm. there's an interesting th- fan theory that will come on in Suicide Squad as well that the Joker is actually Jason Todd. Oh, really? Rather than because you got you had the Robin suit in the trailer, didn't you? You had the Robin suit with the ha 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 whatever yeah. it was written on it. 
and there's speculation that the J on his face is actually for Jason rather than Joker because Jason in the comics has got a J tattooed on his face yeah oh really and there's a speculation that the Joker wouldn't sit for that long to have tattoos done yeah whereas Jason would so the idea is that you know the death in the family thing happened Jason took the beating from the Joker at some point possibly killed the Joker and then took over the Joker's mantle okay which one of the things that people are pointing to is Affleck's line of how many heroes has Gotham had in 20 years how many are still heroes mm. yeah it's true is a reference to Jason turning to evil which it's an interesting take on the Joker it's probably the way I'd go after Heath Ledger as Joker so do you think that will be addressed in Suicide Squad I don't know if it'll be addressed in Suicide Squad or Batman v Superman. Yeah. Batman v Superman seems to be shaping up more and more as a Batman film and less as the Man of Steel sequel. I know they've come out and gone, we never intended to do a Man of Steel sequel this soon. But that's horseshit. Mm. Have you heard the, the um, fan theory or rumour, whatever it is, I don't know how far it got, um, about Zod? Oh, what, they'll turn into Doomsday? They're into Doomsday, because he gets experimented on by Lex. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit like making Jack Nicholson's character in Batman Jason the person who killed Batman's parents. Oh, yeah. It adds um, a nice symmetry for the film, but... What was that character called? Jack, uh, Jack Napier. It was Jack Nicholson's character, and it's Joe Chill in the comics. Joe Chill. Joe Chill. But they've changed the comic several times as to who actually killed mm. Bruce Wayne's parents, because the Court of Owls came into play at one point, I think. And yeah, that's right. And all that sort of nonsense. But yeah, um, like I say, morbidly curious. I will go and watch it, I think. Oh, there's no doubt I will. I'm really rooting for Affleck as Batman. Mm. I, I like the little... I like the, I like the suit. I love the suit. I love the muscleness about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the little scenes that, that kind of want me to know... What I want to know more about like, like the, um, like the hordes of people... With their hands up, treating Superman as a god, that kind of thing. I love that whole kind of yeah, you know, thing. He's an alien, but everyone kind of loves him. I love the fact that they've addressed him as an alien. Yeah, um, for me, it looks like it's got the Batman stuff right, and it's still getting the Superman stuff wrong. Yeah, which, as a Superman fan, is the problem. I know I'm not alone in it as well. There are other people who feel the same way as me. That, but then. Like I said the other day in that post I put on Facebook, my Superman isn't necessarily somebody else's Superman. Mm. It's like people who grew up loving Superman in the 50s, 60s, 70s. My Superman, they probably look at the way yeah. I look at the new 52 one. I've got the scrub scene to you in my head now. <laughs> yes. We should do a Scrubs podcast where we just watch Scrubs and do commentaries for the episodes. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Kevin Smith's doing the Fraser one, so we can do it for Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, like I say, most DC Warner Brothers things I have a morbid curiosity about, mm. which I suppose brings us on to Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Now, we've just, before we pressed press record, we just watched a trailer. I, well, I think that's the first time I watched it, maybe the second time I watched it. You've watched it a couple of times. I have. I don't know much about Suicide Squad. I, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on my DC comics anyway, I haven't really. So I don't know. I mean, there's a few times I have to ask you which which one, which the characters were, and that kind of. I don't thing. know who some of the characters are. I must admit, my Suicide Squad knowledge isn't brilliant, and it's mostly based on pre New Fifty Two. Yeah, because that's sort of where my DC knowledge goes up to before I really lost interest. Um, 
It looks interesting. Uh, I, I yeah, I want to see it. I'm wondering. I think Harley Quinn's going to be the thing that pulls in the casual fans. She's a character that seems to have transcended comic book fans and just pop culture fans. Mm. So I think she'll probably do that job quite well. Um, I'd be interested to see what they do with Killer Croc. Yeah. Well, it looks like they're treating him like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. There's something in the trailer that bothers me, mm-hmm. and it looks like the way... Because you see Harley Quinn before she's Harley Quinn, when she's Harley Quinzel being pinned down to the table by Joker's thugs, and then it ends with the Joker with the I'm not going to kill you, I'm just going to hurt you a lot with the electrodes. Is that to Harley? Yeah. Right. Well, it's assumed, I'm assuming that's to Harley. That's the way it's cut together, okay. which has got me worried that they're going to take away... That it was Harley Quinn's choice, right, to join the Joker and make it more like you know, he just tortured her to the point where she was so fucked up. Because mm. <laughs> there's a lot of depth to Harley Quinn in the comics that I'm worried is going to be lost in the film. Mm. Like, um, I think it was Black Canary in the comics was pregnant, and there was something happened where she either lost the baby, or was losing the baby, or something happened, and Harley Quinn stopped fighting her and actually sat with her. Okay, and it's, I'm a bit vague on it. I can't only remember what it was, but I know it definitely happened. Um, it was just a really nice thing. It was really added new depth to the character because I think Harley Quinn's sort of a borderline. She's not all bad. She's a bit like Catwoman now, I mm. think, where she's technically a villain but sort of an anti-hero as well at times. Villain with a heart. Yeah, but um, pudding. <laughs> but yeah, I think. The cast, you called me that. the cast looks good. The it looks atmospherically shot. The, the music was fantastic in the trailer. Yeah, like you said, it had a sort of Tim Burton esque. Yeah, there, I think it was more the snow, this dark and snow, yeah. Christmas timey thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether Will Smith's presence is going to dominate it mm. and overshadow it. He was in the trailer a lot. He was in the trailer a lot, but then I guess he's the biggest name in it. Yeah, as an actual real name. Um, yeah I mean I don't know we shall see Um, slightly annoyed that the Suicide Squad movie means that the Suicide Squad on Arrow isn't getting used anymore which they were some of the best episodes the Suicide Squad ones Mm. but yeah they seem to have done away with those Um, Katana being in there is interesting yes But, but yeah no again morbidly curious cautiously optimistic um, like I say it's all going to be how this DC universe shapes up as well they seem to be putting a lot into Batman again having announced that there's going to be three Batman films now as well oh really isn't his own trilogy yeah is that not counting Batman Superman not counting Batman Superman not counting Justice League mm. um, so this would be the third trilogy there'd be a trilogy of trilogies yeah basically so I'm not sure what that's going to mean for other characters whether they're going to start, they seem to have pushed Superman because I mean, there's not technically a Man of Steel sequel until 2018, mm. which is three years away still, which seems like a long time given when Man of Steel came out in 2013. I know we're seeing him in other films, but it does show a kind of lack of confidence in Superman as a solo. Mm. But, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. I guess everything's riding on next summer. I think everybody's going to go and watch Batman v Superman just to see Batman and Superman on screen together. Yeah. I think that'll pull in even the casual. But 
I Am Legend wasn't lying. No, it wasn't. And Will Smith turned up in a DC movie. (laughs) Damn you, I Am Legend. You got it all right. (laughs) But the trailer that did blow me away was the Deadpool trailer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely loved it. I've been rooting for this for a long time. I like Ryan Reynolds. Mm. I liked him in X-Men Origins. I think they completely balled him up in X-Men Origins. And I think he'd agree with that. Yeah. Has it been confirmed exactly how they're treating that? Because I know there was like... There was on about, they were on about it being a third wall-breaking thing. Certainly the announcement of the trailer, where he's doing the thing, where he says, from the studio that brought you the mo- with a mouth and then showed his, sewed his fucking mouth up. Mm. Kind of thing. And there was a rumour that in the script, before the film was announced, there was a whole thing where he was aware of the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. Mm. And he was pissed off about it. But I love the little things in it, like the um, don't make the super suit green or animated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those little digs, I think they're ace. <laughs> but it just looks good. Deadpool's not a kid character. I mean, that's my other problem with Batman v Superman. Mm. It's alright, Batman's not technically a kid character, but he's marketed to children a hell of a lot. Mm. And Superman is very much should be a child friendly character. Yes. All primary colours and stay healthy kids. Yeah, basically, and you know, not in a bad way. But DC don't seem to be marketing to children. No. Whereas Marvel Well they yeah. yeah. Borderline at times are generally family films, I would say. Um I'd Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd struggle to show my children to be fair, there's a couple of Marvel ones that I wouldn't show them either. But um, I'd struggle to show them anything that's come out of DC recently. Mm. From Nolan's trilogy onwards. It's all a bit too dark and grim and grotesque in places. Mm. Um, but yeah, but no, Deadpool is full on. It knows what it wants to be. It knows who it's aimed at. Yeah, I think it realises that if it did have to be a family-friendly film, it would be an absolute shitstorm, wouldn't yeah. it? It just wouldn't. The character wouldn't work if he was muted and watered down. I think my only concern is that it doesn't turn into a snakes on a plane situation. Where everybody's like, "We really want this film. We oh, really yeah. want this film." Couldn't be asked to go and watch it though. Yeah. I'd I'd like to see Deadpool. I think I think Deadpool become a franchise. Enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, especially as the X Men films, I enjoy them when they're on. But the more I think about them the less I enjoy them. The early X-Men films especially. The timeline's just so messed up now. They could have done with, when it came to having done X-Men First Class, just done that as the reboot from there. Yeah. And just gone again rather than fixing the timeline then making the timeline even worse. And, um, I've, I've stopped trying to work it out. But did you see the pictures of Apocalypse? Yeah, yeah. Who was it who said he looked just like it? Was it Ivan Ooze from, from Power Rangers? Power Rangers, yeah. Rangers. Just really blue does. instead of purple. Yeah. I'm hoping there's some CGI going to be added on. Because mm. I don't get how you can fuck up a character like that so much. It, especially when you've got Storm looking like the badass 80s Storm with the mobile. No, and you've got um, Psylocke looks really good as well. Yeah. Because uh, she's. One of the um, horsemen, isn't she? She's yeah. Only one of the horsemen. Yeah, because I think it's her, Psylocke, and Angel. Mm. 
who's what's his face from EastEnders. Um, Grant Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's, it's Grant Mitchell. Mm. And Phil Mitchell's Apocalypse. And Peggy. Well, she's Psylocke. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, um... This uh, just went horribly wrong. <laughs> Uh, Blobs in it, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, blob, blob in it. But, but I was reading it's quite interesting that they're not going to go for a fat suit all CGI. They've actually cast something stupid. Was it like a three hundred and fifty pound Canadian guy? No, that's it five hundred something. A hair, fat, big fat guy. Anyway, another guy from X Men Origins doesn't get the callback because mm. we've got Gambit coming as well with Channing Tatum instead of Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. Which again, I thought Taylor Kitsch was alright in X Men Origins Wolverine, but whether he could carry a solo Gambit film is a different story. <laughs> it's that whole thing of, you know, just because they're a good side character, do they warrant their own movie kind of mm. thing? Can they sustain their own movie? I think. But then, look at looking at X Men Origins Wolverine, they don't seem to be able to give a solo character a solo movie. They still have to throw a bunch of X Men in it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mainly just to kill him off in the case of X Men Origins, but but yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for Deadpool. I think out of the three, that's probably the one I'm most looking forward to. Partly because it's just something completely different. Yeah. Um. Partly because it looks like I'm going to have a good time watching it. It, it looks fun. It does look it, fun, yeah, and I think absolutely. that's something that's drastically missing from. The Warner Brothers slate. Yeah. Is that they seem to have outlawed fun. Especially something like Suicide Squad, which should be fun. Mm. It shouldn't. I wonder if they're looking at Suicide Squad now and then watch the Deadpool trailer and like, oh fuck. We should have done that. Miss a trick. Because again, Suicide Squad should be a hard 15 or 18, ideally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're going to push for with Deadpool. I can imagine Deadpool getting a 12 A cinema release then a uncut DVD release. Like they do with the Taken films and the Die Hard films. Yeah. Which would be unfortunate to see it cut down for cinema, so I have to put, watch the whole uncut glory in. Mm. I don't know if they will. I think fans. I think that would turn fans off rather than pull in. Plus, are you really trying to pull in the 12A market with a Deadpool movie? Fast, yeah. It's it, it's going to depend. Well, it's going to depend on greed at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, that's all it's all about, isn't it? If well, they can get money from because that's can. the only reason the Taken movies took so much money. Yeah, was because they were marketing it to twelve-year-old boys. But yeah, but speaking of things that is marketed to twelve-year-old boys or pe- boys of all ages or boys and girls, where, all you, ages where, rather, you, where are you going with this? Star Wars. Oh, okay, fair enough. Star Wars, right. Now I'm excited. I am excited, but I also have mixed feelings. There's also that feeling in the pit of my stomach. What did you have for dinner? Yeah, <laughs> I had pits. <laughs> Lots of pits. Um, I'm really excited. Like I said on that thing I posted on Facebook the other day, I'm slightly concerned that we're getting more Star Wars films in the next six to eight years than we got in 30-odd years of history. The, it's the greed again, isn't it? It's a green monster. It is. I mean, it's a universe that the market is there for it. Mm. But one a year seems so excessive. Yeah. How long until we get fed up? It's the Marvel machine, isn't it? It is the Marvel machine. It is looking at the Marvel machine. And I suppose the Pixar machine as well, because there's a Pixar film every year. Yeah, but yeah, but that's just a... But they're not interconnected. It was always the same with Disney, wasn't it? It was. Disney was always churning them out every year. Or Woody Allen. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Woody Allen verse. <laughs> but I'm not sure I'm excited for Force Awakens. I am. Uh, I, it's because when now that you're starting to see you know, a lot more Star Wars on the TV and magazines and stuff, um, it's kind of an awakening something in me again, which, which I've kind of forgotten about. I, I was saying a couple, of, a couple of months ago, I've got all my Star Wars toys down from out of storage. Yeah, because you were going to sell them, weren't you? I was, and I haven't. Good. Um, well, my original 70s, 80s Star Wars toys, a massive collection that I got. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just kind of stirs him up in me again. It's just like you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Plus the game as well. I don't think he's ever seen anything about the new Star Wars. I've never got on with the Star Wars games, with yeah. the exception of the Lego Star Wars games, and I'm really excited for Disney Infinity Three. Mm. My, I mean, cards on the table. I was um, I got caught up in the Phantom Menace hype and. I was initially knocked down a little bit, even though I saw it three times at the cinema. Mm-hmm. But I do quite like the prequels. There's a lot wrong with the prequels, and if anybody levels any flaws at the prequels, I can generally go, yeah, no, you're completely right. See, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was whatever was going on in my life at the time, but the prequels almost passed me by. I wasn't too bothered with them. Mm. Um, yeah, I had to see them all. I went to the cinema to see them all, but... In fact, if I remember rightly, when Phantom Menace came out, I actually took the day off or skived or whatever and did from, from I queued up to get tickets at midnight. Yeah. I queued up with my girlfriend at the time to get tickets at mid when they went on sale at midnight because this was before the days where you could just order them on the internet. Hmm. You had to physically go down there. They could, You couldn't do a telephone order. Was there a massive queue? There was a massive queue. It was great. It was like a proper yeah. nerds coming together kind of thing. It's one of the things I love to throw it back to True Believers quickly one of the things I wanted to capture with True Believers that we kind of did with, it was just nerds coming together and playing games and so you're going to sell tickets at midnight sell tickets at midnight yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah tickets are off sale they'll be back on sale at midnight <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then I know a lot of people were disappointed with it um, Simon Pegg was disappointed with the prequels. Really? Yeah, I know. He doesn't really go on about it at all. And now he's all over The Force Awakens. Yeah, absolutely. Which, the only thing in the back of my mind is, well, at least if it's shit, the backlash against Kev, uh, Simon Pegg will be <laughs> tenfold because he's been all over it. Uh, uh, he's in it, isn't he? He is in it in a cameo, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm excited that... Um... He, he pissed me off that... Q&A we saw him out where they asked him about if he'd ever want to be in anything Star Wars and he just did the uh, couldn't give a fuck yeah that's true and the crowd cheered and I was kind of like if ever Star Wars comes back in a big way you do not deserve to be anywhere near it but of course because he's friends with JJ he's fucking all over yeah. it and apparently he was uh, in the brain trust for okay. what they should do with Star Wars and there was that thing that his daughter was described on set as the little girl who saved Star Wars which I was like, that's a massive thing. Wait till the film comes out as a success before you put your kid in the fire. <laughs> it was her fault. She did it. She loved Jar Jar. It, I think the one thing that's kind of got me at the moment, you know, being swept away with all the hype at the moment, is the fact that you're starting to see all these costumes. You're starting to see that droid thing. Where, uh, and everything's kind of, it's not CGI. I think that's maybe what put me off of the first lot. Maybe that's why they get too excited. About I think the, the prequels lot. were, and the special editions are very heavy in science fiction. I think I read a very good piece that 
the problem with George Lucas was that he became a man so obsessed with fixing something that didn't need fixing. Yeah, he, he yeah. forgot that it was printing your own menu, isn't it? He forgot that while Star Wars is his story, he put it out into the world. And by that point, it belonged to everybody. Yeah, and you know, I will defend you know that it is George Lucas's story. If he wants Anakin Skywalker to be Hayden Christian at the end of Return of the Jedi, hmm. then that's his choice. Um, I can kind of see where he's coming from as to why it's Hayden Christian because that's the point Anakin Skywalker died I can also see the argument that he became Anakin Skywalker again when he redeemed himself by killing the Emperor but you know whatever Mm. there's a very funny joke there was a droid tales on Disney XD and it starts it's like Lego and it starts at the end of Return of the Jedi and you've got Luke looking at the fire and it's a yeah, uh, Obi-Wan's there he's like Obi-Wan and then Yoda he's like oh Yoda and then Anakin if he's like guy I've never met <laughs> and then Mace Window appears genius he's like, other guy I've never met <laughs> is Mace Window with the end of Jedi no no he's not no they just started throwing everything mm. the Emperor turns up at one point <laughs> but I'm excited for Force Awakens because it's continuing yeah that episode arc. Yeah. I don't know how far you can go with it. I mean, Luke's thing was always that it was the story of the Skywalker family. Hmm. I'm kind of a little bit pissed at George Lucas because he always said that once the last Star Wars had come out, that was it for the movies, there'd be no more. Hmm. And then he sold it to Disney. <laughs> Damn it, he had one job. And I kind of respected him for being kind of like, you know, nope, these are the films, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, but... I can only imagine Disney kept coming back with slightly higher offers to the point where it's like, yeah, all right, fuck it. You know, I get it, turning it over to a new generation for people, but I guess these hands are clean out. I kind of imagine his hope in the back of his mind was like, I hope they fuck it up more than I did with the prequel so that people come out. Because <laughs> it does piss me off the way people go after George Lucas. Because yeah. without the guy in the first place, that film you, that is so beloved to you, mm, absolutely, he's still the guy who was behind <laughs> But... Yeah, I just... Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm deliberately not watching too much stuff, reading too much about it. Mm. I kind of want to go in clean. Because mm. when Phantom Menace came out, I went in clean. Apart from like bits I'd read in Star You're Wars magazine. Then. I did. She made me shower. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know what it I really mean? really was a different girlfriend, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife now doesn't give a fuck. That's why she's now an ex. <laughs> You made me clean, you bitch, I sold out. I was so indie, it was the late 90s, we were all grunge. But but yeah, no, the Phantom Menace, the internet was around, but it wasn't in my home. Mm. And even then, you know, it took about four hours just to get a bar of the trailer to download yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Thing, I mean, I went to watch Out of Sight and got to see the Star Wars trailer, the Phantom Menace trailer that way. It was amazing. Unfortunately, Out of Sight was a brilliant film as well, so it was a twofer. But I'm quite looking forward to. I just recently bought the Blu-ray box set, you know, that big expensive one. Yeah, with the with um, the really shitty cover. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to actually sitting down. And watching I hate the artwork in that box set. I don't know if you've looked at it properly. No, it's not look, but it's awful. Not the camera. He's now taking it off the shelf. He's laughing it. That's the box set. Right, liar. He's stroking it. <laughs> It's that. It's like some of them are really good, and then some, look, look, who's that? Oh yeah, that looks nothing like Carrie Fisher. 
It's the Carrie Fisher one that gets me because it looks nothing like her. It's like they painted it based on an actress that was cast, but yeah, and they're in the Kobe one. The McGregor Obi one's really good. Oh, yeah, it's clearly painted by somebody who loved the prequel. And Django Fett's forehead. Yeah, well, he had a massive forehead anyway. To be fair, did he? Could never work out how he got the helmet on. That's very true. But yeah, it's just a really shitty looking box set. Given that this was meant to be the definitive box set at the time although it didn't have all the features that were on the DVDs on it so I had to keep the DVDs as well Is so, it not got all the features on it? No, it's got different features Alright It was a bit of a jip this box set I'm hoping there's going to be a better box set come out at some point but it will then mean I do have to triple dip and buy freaking Star Wars triple dip quadruple dip sextuplet dip and buy Star Wars again Because there is that rumour that they're going to bring out the original, original, original um, Star Wars movie yeah, Well they did do that kind of as an extra feature on the DVDs. But even that's been touched. It was touched, but he hadn't cleaned it up at all, so it was horrible and grainy and really unwatchable. Because he kind of did it out of spite. I think Sims were like, "That's what you said you wanted, dicks." (laughs) (laughs) Completely untouched. Fuck you. Told ya. Which I kind of respected him for that because he was getting so much shit for not for tinkering with the film so much. But Mm. at the same time, it was kind of like a stroppy teenager. (laughs) Fine, you want me to clean my room? It's my ball. Sorry, <laughs> you have to mind puncturing it first. But as well as the episode films, which are going to be every other year instead of every three years, which is both cool and yeah, they got the little stuff. We've got the anthology films, starting with Rogue One. Yeah, now I, I haven't seen a lot of this yet. Rogue I've only seen the picture. Yeah, but I mean, I've read the, I've read the books, the, the kind of you know the the, the Rogue books and. The... Well, this is based on them getting the plans for the Death Star right so I'm guessing some of them are Bothan spies if not all of them many died apparently yeah so spoilers yeah (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) so any character that comes on the fact yeah I'm a Bothan spy they got like you're not going to make they got like red jerseys on (laughs) knew it they got red jerseys and it's like the alien films they're all African American (laughs) because if you're African American in an alien film you know you're not going to make it to the end (laughs) It's true, look it up. Alien films are racist. But... I, I, like, I, I love the grittiness of it. I like the grittiness of I it. Mean, it we're, we're basing this entire on photo. on a photo. And a rough synopsis and the fact that it's Gareth Edwards who did Godzilla, which I really enjoyed. Doing Godzilla some people didn't. I hope so. That'd yeah. be amazing. Just pilot in an X-Wing. <laughs> That's no salamander. That's a Godzilla. But... I'm wondering how much of the prequel stuff they're going to use because people seem to hate the prequels, but they are technically canon, mm. which I'm glad about. I'm glad they weren't like you know, no fuck the prequels. Did I'm I guessing I... that was a very clear thing in um, George Lucas's contract when he sold it. Yeah, did I hear that stand. the books have been decanonized? I think some of them are canon. Is that word decanonized? I think so. Yeah, it is now. If enough people say is that it, what it will to be. Bobby Ball? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> decanonized. <laughs> That's such an outdated reference. There's like several people listening to this. Like, what the fuck's a Bobby Ball? You mean that there's going to be several people listening to this? Yeah. Well, you, me, and my mum. <laughs> but, Hi, um... Sue. <laughs> I saw you in the shop the other day. It sounds like I'm a stalker. <laughs> been watching you. <laughs> Those donuts weren't really their healthy choice, were they, Sue? <laughs> 
just got this image now of my mum in a shop picking up chocolates and it just sort of like appearing from behind the <laughs> shelf and they just be like put it back <laughs> like from the Simpsons yeah like that episode of the Simpsons where Homer comes to the his head <laughs> I'll be like that and take on me thing my hand will just come through, <laughs> through the shelf all cartoony and stuff all that um was it Got You or whatever it was video where you painted the same as the background <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. No, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of it's been decanonized. I think some of it's classed as Star Wars legacy stuff. Because mm. I think a lot of the Dark Horse stuff has been decanonized. Mm. Which, I can't remember what the second anthology film is. Because Han Solo's meant to be the third one, isn't it? Got Rogue One. So it's the Han Solo movie. You say it's an origin movie, yeah? Yeah. So, okay, so... It's, it's young Han. It's all about how he came to be. How he met Chewie or something like that. Which, probably. this is the one that's filled me with a cold dread. Mm. Mm. It's the whole, do we need to know his information? It's, it's, it's the whole... It's, oh, look, it's Boba Fett. It's there's, there's two things. Like I said to you the other day, it would be, wouldn't be so bad if in Force Awakens Han Solo wasn't in it. My issue is is that you're reintroducing me to the Han Solo that I love, played by the guy who is Han Solo, mm. and then a couple of years later you're giving me a Han Solo movie with somebody else. I'm not giving you a Han Solo. <laughs> God damn it. What's the point of doing this podcast? You're definitely not making a movie out of it. <laughs> Maybe that is it. <laughs> Hans Han Solo. <laughs> Star Wars anthology. Um... Yeah, plus I don't really care about Han Solo before the Cantina mm. on Mos Eisley. I knew everything I needed to know about the character then. I know there is stuff in the Expanded Universe, like he was an Imperial officer or whatever it was. And uh, Chewie was uh, supposed to be a prisoner. A prisoner, he? yeah. He made an escape and they formed a bond ship. And, yeah. it's like, plus there's so many more interesting characters. Not that Han Solo isn't interesting, but Han Solo is a character that doesn't need to be touched. Mm. I would argue that I don't need to know anything about a young Han, a young Luke, or a young Leia. Hmm. The only way I'd accept a young Leia or young Luke story is if they're a byproduct of a young Obi Wan or a young Owen Lars. So you're saying you think Princess Leia was a byproduct product from Obi Wan and Lars? No. What do they get on? To? What do they get up to? <laughs> well, you know, space freaky shit. They drink oh. blue milk. <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> But yeah, I, were strong that one. I'm just not sure. I mean, it's Lord Miller doing it who did the Lego movie and the 21 Jump Street movies, so... Yeah. No, I mean, it'd be funny. Quite possibly. But it's just... It ain't going to be Han Solo. It's my problem as well with them wanting to do Indiana Jones films without Harrison Ford. Mm. There is absolutely no shame with regard to Indiana Jones of going, we had three great films and Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Let's leave it at that. We don't need to keep flog- reflogging a dead fucking horse. You know, I'm sure they could do it. They could cast Chris Pratt, and it'd be great. But it wouldn't be Indiana Jones. I was watching Last Crusade again the other day because it was on telly, and I love that film. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's very few people that can deliver lines like Harrison Ford does, as is evident from the no ticket gag being repeated in Dogma. I get muddled up. I get. 
Lost Ark and everything I'd love. I James Hunt and Bob mixed up with. <laughs> I thought I'd get James Hunt and Bob mixed up. <laughs> is that right? Indiana Jones or is that Silent Bob? Yeah. <laughs> but that no tickets even in Last Crusade is so hilarious. Lost Ark was the one with the Lost Ark in it. Yeah. Right. And Raiders of the Lost Ark was the one with Bill Hootkins in it, who was Lex Luthor in the Dirt Mags radio plays. He's oh. the guy that says top men. Oh, I see. The guy who was Porkins in Star Wars, or Eckhart in Tim Burton's Batman. Oh, right, the fat guy. The fat guy. Oh, it was probably it was Porkins. Yeah, one of the best Lex Luthers. I would argue possibly the best Lex Luthor. Fun fact, and Ooh. Stuart Milligan, who was Superman in the Dirt Mags thing, is the guy who finds Ripley in Aliens, the leader of the salvage team. Oh, okay. Second fun fact. And he was also Adam in Jonathan Creek. So yeah, should that ever come up in a pub quiz? <laughs> you sorted people. What are we talking about? Star Wars. I mean, these standalone films, there's a lot of potential. Mm. I mean, I'd love to see an Obi-Wan movie. I think, obviously, I think I've seen enough of Obi-Wan. No, I think there's a lot of potential with Obi-Wan. I think Ewan McGregor was slightly short-changed. Because I would argue he was the best thing about the prequels. And I would argue that by the time of Revenge of the Sith, he made Obi-Wan Kenobi his own. Mm. And I think there is potential for a really good Obi-Wan Kenobi story, especially if they... Because the Clone Wars series is still canon, so there's the untied... I was about to ask you that. There's the loose end of Darth Maul, wanting his revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, so is he officially alive, though? Yes. Right, Okay. How did he sit himself together? It's something to do with his race, and he, they don't stick him together. He's got robot legs. Of course he has. But it's really good. You watch Clone Wars. There's uh, yeah, they're all on watch. Uh, uh, yeah, because it's part of the Sky Box sets thing, isn't it? Yeah, I will watch them. There's a lot of it, isn't there? There is. There's six seasons. They've actually got this last season on it. That's only half a season. Oh right. From where it got cancelled, the lost episodes they call it. So that's really good, and it ties up some loose ends from the prequels as well. So where is it? Is it between prequels and? It's between episodes two and three. Okay. Rebels is between three and four. Is Rebels good? Yeah, I like Rebels. Mm. Um, I didn't think I would because I loved Clone Wars, mm. and they cancelled Clone Wars to focus on making Rebels. Okay. But they're also Rebels seems to have a lot of stuff from Clone Wars going on in it, like some of the characters have carried over. Mm. But so the the nineteen eighties cartoon droids is that canon? I don't know. I'm, I don't think it is. Because I think that and the Ewoks movies and the Ewoks cartoon, I don't think they're canon. Campervan of Bravery or something, not it? Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. I keep wanting to rewatch them. Because, yes, I have them on DVD. And, yeah. I never knew they knew when I was there. Wow. They're not out anymore. <laughs> they were deleted quite quickly after they were released. <laughs> But they did a feature on it in this month's issue of Empire, which is quite a good read. My God, the Yorks look scary, don't they? I know. It was quite terrifying. I remember watching it, getting it from the video shop. Video shops, kids. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that earlier, actually. kid in our office was like, oh, do you actually have to go down to the shop to actually pick them up? You couldn't yeah. just press the button. They couldn't just deliver them. Come on, as a kid, was there anything better or more exciting than getting your dad saying to you, you can go to the video shop and pick a film? No, no, because I, I watched my... I remember, still remember the day that I went down to go and get Robocop from the shop down the bottom. 
first time I ever walked rubber. I remember that so clearly because it was a Saturday afternoon and we'd just been to town. And you were about eight. And literally, no, I was. I, I was. I was. I was very. This young. is when they were very lapsed on that whole BBFC thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I remember trying to get Alien Three from the video shop and they wouldn't let us have it because it was crap. Don't watch so, it, Sam. Don't do that to yourself. So we went home and got a note from my mum and they still wouldn't do it. So we had to come back up with my mum. We went up three times to try and get Alien 3. And it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a different podcast for another time. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I'd like to see an Obi-Wan standalone movie. I'd love to see a Rogue Squadron one. Rogue Squadron would be, yeah, that would be awesome. With an older Wedge Antilles lead in it. I think that would be great. Is, is that where they're going to go with, with, with that with the Rogue One movie? Do they reckon that's going to be what's it called again? What's the the, the X Men the X Men movie? Rogue, Squad, uh, Rogue One is the first standalone film. Rogue Squadron. It was the series of books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rogue I'd also Rogue. like to see a Han Solo solo movie with Harrison Ford that deals with the story from Tales of the Bounty Hunter. Where Boba Fett? Where Boba Fett's going after him? Mm. Finally, trying to get the bounty on it. You know, there's going to be a Boba Fett time in that movie. But combine the two, Boba yeah. Fett would be a rubbish lead character in a movie. Yeah. I like Boba Fett, but I don't. He's not got the because you know once he takes the helmet off. Yeah. yeah. And I don't need to see a young Boba Fett becoming Boba Fett. You know, if they ever make like a standalone Boba Fett movie, they're going to put they're going to write in some romantic storyline, aren't they? Yeah. You Whereas to, I he's just, going to be a good guy or something. You know, he's going to save an orphan or there's a fantastic Johnny western with Pierce Brosnan and Liam Neeson called Seraphim Falls. Mm-hmm. That's basically about one guy chasing another guy, and it's they're two old guys. Because you know that Pierce Brosnan and Harrison and um, Liam Neeson, who were old guys, but that's what I want to see is like Boba Fett just tracking down Han Solo, mm. and it being that kind of chase movie, just like a Star Wars movie for adults. Mm. That's you know still kid friendly, but that's just gritty. That's just about two old foes finally trying to come face to face. In fact, I'm wondering if Seraphim Falls isn't just a Western version of that Bank Tales from the Bank Hunter story. That's such a great story. If you can dig out the Tales from the Bounty Hunter short story anthology. Yeah, it's fantastic. Some of the stories are shit, but there's a couple of really good ones. The one with the Gate is really good, where he's in the second Death Star. Yeah. And the Boba Fett one is superb. But it's really nice because it it, it explains little bits. It's, it's, you know, it's the whole Star Wars thing anyway, which is the beauty of it. The fact that there could be something in a character just in the background that fires people's imagination and they end up writing whole stories about something you see in the background for two seconds. You know, like the... Um, like the, the whole Ig-88 thing stems from the fact that his destroyed body is in the junk room where they find C-3PO and yes. Empire Strikes Back. He's actually becomes part of the Death Star, doesn't he? Yeah, because becomes... um, Boba Fett disintegrates him. Mm somewhere between, during Empire Strikes Back between leaving the de- the Star Destroyer and... Yeah, yeah, he actually syncs himself up with the, with the jobby. But um, there's the, the monks, isn't there? The, the spider monks, I think they're called. Yeah. Um, in Jabba's Palace that you find out are actually this religion where these monks, the trained monks, actually had their brains removed but it's little robot bodies. Yeah. And it was all spawned, all inspired by the little glass... Bold robot things you see in a for a couple of seconds in Jack, Jabba's Palace. I think that was Hills of Barry, haven't I? I've read it somewhere, and there's not many of the Star Wars novels I've read, so I think that is must be in there somewhere. Yeah. But you've also got the great thing, throwing back to Origins of Han Solo, where there's the whole thing about Boba Fett. Remember seeing him fighting in a ring? Yes. In the underground 
pits fighting things and he respected him which always made me think Boba Fett was a much older character than Han Solo yeah but not that he ever says that but that's the Han Solo movie I'd like to see Mm. but that's not the Han Solo movie we're going to get I mean I remain cautiously optimistic again I, like I say, I do worry that there's going to be Star Wars fatigue after a very short time. Um, we'll come on to the comic book fatigue. I think, I mean, I kind of, the whole XXX fatigue mm. is kind of a misnomer anyway, because, you know, comics have been running for God knows how many years. Mm. It's just the difference is if there's a lull in comic sales, they generally carry on anyway. Or kill somebody else. Whereas, um, a lull in a film means that's it, your franchise is dead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no second chances, you didn't make enough money. <laughs> Star Wars just going to go on and on and on, isn't it? It is, and I hope they don't ever get to the point, although we're talking about a Han Solo movie, mm. <laughs> where they recast. <laughs> Certainly not beloved characters. I think that's the huge mistake. I think that's going to be the real stump hu- hurdle they're going to have with the Han Solo movie. Unless it's something with Lando, maybe they're going to um, re-explore the Lando Calrissian link. Because that's something that was, you know, that's something that's never really been explored in the But films. again, do we really need to know any more that no. he lost the Millennium Falcon in a game of cards? Mm. Unless they're going to do a Casino Royale thing, <laughs> where the whole third act, the whole middle act is a, a card game. Oh, yeah. But it's this whole obsession with origins at the moment mm. needing to know it's like no we don't need to know the thing that made the character cool it's was... because it's an obvious money maker isn't it, it is an obvious money maker but but yeah um, that's sort of it I've got for specific Star Wars stuff is there any were there any origin ones you'd like to see or standalone? I've always I've always loved the droids as in, not the cartoon not the but the actual yeah you know I mean me. I don't know if you've ever noticed but I kind of like robots I've never noticed. No, I hide it. Um, but um, I, just, I, I don't know what would make a successful film. I don't know what is in the in the in the beauty of Souls and actually make the decent films. Like I love Jawas, but you're never going to get a Jawa movie, are you? Do you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. I would probably like to see. I, I'm looking forward to the X Wing thing. You know, I mean the old games, yeah. like, like the X Wing and Tie Fighter and that kind of. Thing. I'd like, I'd like to, to see, see a Jawa movies like Shaun the Sheep. Or it's just no dialogue, like the plank. Yeah, with like it seems to have a yeah. lot like slapstick kind of Have you seen the Shaun the Sheep movie? No, I it's superb. Seen. You should watch it. But yeah, do do Jawas of Shaun the Sheep? I'd quite like to see an old Republic one, like go way back, mm. to like the early days of the Jedi and the Sith. That's an interesting story. Mm. And why are there always only two Sith? Yeah, it's true. No, I don't want to like to say it. A proper war movie, like an old like, like Battle of Brain 63 Squadron or something like that, done with X, X-Wings and That'd like, you know, cool. something proper kind of, you know, a squadron. As you said, yeah. like, well, a squadron, you know, that kind of thing. You know, proper kind of hunting down, proper dirty. And, yeah. You know. I mean, that might be what Rogue One entails. Mm. But, but, yeah, I'm... Like I say, I'm excited. I'm glad Star Wars is back. I'm glad that there will be new Star Wars films in the cinema that I can take my kids to if they want to go, although Jack doesn't seem interested. Early days. I am concerned. I don't want Force Awakens to get a 12A certificate. I want it to be a PG. Mm. I want it to be a proper family movie. Hey, it will be. There's no doubt there. Yeah, but it's whether it's 
that borderline 12 film. I don't want it to be so dark, though. Because the beauty of the original Star Wars films is they've got dark themes in them, but they largely go over younger kids' heads. Mm. So you can quite happily sit them down and watch. I mean, you know, I know when the second one ends with a character you love getting frozen. But, which was something that always messed me up as a kid. It's like, but I don't understand. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> there you go. They've got Disney now. That's true, look. But, but yeah, but beyond those big things from Comic-Con, there's been just some general nerdy stuff going on. Um, they've recast Spidey again. Mm-hmm. Because they've possibly done it again because it's been 20 minutes. So. Yeah, that's very true. So he's probably recast him three times since we started recording this. But what are your feelings on rebooting Spidey again? Yeah, well, they can't, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, they can't. They, I'm glad he's in Civil War because that was a big thing. Um, I, I, Civil War comics came in when I was heavily into it. And uh, I was reading Spider-Man, so that kind of saw the Spider-Man part of it. Then I got all the, all the trades and then... so. I'm looking forward to the film because I've read up on it and I know a lot about it. Um, I'm glad that he's young. I, I'm glad that they're... I'm glad that he's young. I'm glad they're going high school. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, I don't know the actor. He's not someone I'm very familiar with. He was in The Impossible, which is a film I've still not seen. I'm aware of who he is. I've just mm. not seen him in anything. Um, um, I, another Brit as Spidey again. Uh, yeah, and I'm also relieved that at the moment they're not going to tackle an origin story. No, it's going to be straight in the same as the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series did. I think it's about a year into his career. I don't want Although, to see Uncle Ben dying again. There's a rumour that in Civil War his costume's going to be like a tracksuit with a really loose-fitting hood. Yeah. Than um, the proper Spidey outfit. Like the, old, like the Ultimate Spider-Man early days. Yeah. That's kind of what he had then. Which is interesting. I'm interested. I'm interested to see if we're going to see Iron Spider. I, I want to see different things hmm. from this Spider-Man. I... I didn't, mind the f- I didn't mind the first Amazing Spider-Man. I didn't overly enjoy the second one. I think the big problem they had with the second one was they made us fall in love hard with Gwen Stacy and then they killed her in the most brutal way. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I respect them for doing that. I think that's what killed that movie dead at the box office. That's what stopped people going back to watch it a second but time. It was a brave thing to do. Okay, it was a mistake. but It was a brave thing it. to do. I think a braver thing to do would have been to have just done a trilogy of films in which Gwen Stacy survived mm. and then start a new trilogy off by bringing in Mary Jane. Or mm. I'm glad with this one they don't seem to be going... There was a casting thing that leaked that may or may not be true that suggested... Hugh Laurie as J. Jonah Jameson. Okay, I can see is, that. Which is interesting. I mean, J.K. Simmons is a tough act to follow, which is why The Amazing Spider-Man never bothered with it. Do you know, uh, and this is a little bit of a tangent, I watched Gino last night. I love Gino. But I think the thing that I love about it so much is Gino's relationship with her father. Yeah. If that did it for me, I think it's fantastic. Have you ever seen Easy A? Yes, has that got Emma Stone in it? Yeah, that, I think I have. That's got a great parent unit yeah. relationship. But, um, I Sorry, seen, tangent. You can I haven't seen Juno since the cinema. But yeah, did um, not like it. Yeah, it was alright. I love it. I think it's fantastic. My wife didn't like it because she gives the baby up at the end. Spoilers for Juno. But I like that fact that she did that because yeah, I don't know. I'd love it. I got the soundtrack as well. The soundtrack's really good. Yeah, it's a bit. Twee hipsterish for me. 
for the soundtrack. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I'm not a tweet hipster. You're a tweet hipster. <laughs> <laughs> With your ironic man bun in your hair and ironic beard. Ironic man bun. <laughs> bun. Oh, bun. You know those people that like grow long, dreadlocky type hair and then put it up in a bun on their head? And then wear wool. It's just hiding my Mohican. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but they had that and it, nowhere on the casting list was there a listing for the character of Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. Okay. Which I think is interesting because it looked like Liz Allen was going to be the big one that they went for. Yeah. Which, as we were talking about earlier, is something different. I think as much as they can do to distance themselves from the last five Spider-Man films. Mm. I think Flash Thompson needs to be a bigger character. I think he needs to be in high school for longer. I think that's why they've gone much younger. Mm. I think where Marvel work is they've got a clear, mapped-out idea, even if they haven't got a solid script. Yeah. They've clearly mapped out what their universe is going to be and what they're building towards. Absolutely. And I think you're going to need that with Spider-Man because you need to get a good solid set of high school films out mm. before. Because that's where Amazing Spider-Man looked promising to begin with. He was in high school mm. and then they just sort of brushed over that quite quickly. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mainly because they cast a guy who was pushing 30 as a teenage Peter Parker. But, um, but yeah, so you got that. Um, Ant-Man? Yeah, seen Ant-Man. So we're going to do a little bit spoilery on Ant-Man, so we could either actually save Ant-Man till the end. Okay. That might be better, actually. So... We'll be back for some... On a potential down note, I've not seen it yet, but... Have you not? There's No, I've seen Ant-Man. Oh. What I'm leading into, um, a lot of backlash against the new Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, I've not seen it either, and I'll be honest, I've got no intention of seeing it. I've got no real desire to see it. I will probably buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out, yeah. just for the collection, but... I'm, um... I don't know, it does, nothing, doesn't really work for me. I mean, I've only seen the trailers of me basing the whole movie on a trailer, which is a bad thing. Which apparently do, most of that stuff isn't even in the film. Anyway, is it really? From what I've heard from people who've seen it. That's commonplace nowadays, isn't it? I think, again, I don't overly hate the Tim Story Fantastic Four films that came out in the 2000s. Mm. They're shit. And there's stuff wrong with them, but they kind of feel like what a Fantastic Four movie should have felt like, kind of like a family film, mm. which they very much are pretty family-friendly, whereas this new one seems to have gone a little bit in favour of the body horror aspect of it. Yeah. Which, you know, it's an interesting take on it, because you know, these are people whose bodies are getting fucked up. And... Mm. But I just think... I kind of think if Fox want to do this X-Men TV series, they need to get permission from Marvel, because Marvel still own the TV rights to X-Men. Right. So, I kind of think that the best thing they could do, because they're not going to fuck up X-Men for a long time, it's not worth Marvel holding out for X-Men. Mm. I think the best thing they could do is go, you give us permission to do this X-Men TV series, and we'll give you back Fantastic Four. Because mm. <laughs> we clearly can't do anything with it. And let Marvel do it. Let Marvel build it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'd love to see Thing versus the Hulk. Yep. I don't mean to stand like that. I mean, just that as a scene. Lovely. I just, I'd like to see the Fantastic Four done the way they are in the comics. Yeah. I mean, there's dark stuff in Fantastic Four. I'm not saying that it should all be kid-friendly, but it should be a relatively... It should be what a Superman movie is. Mm. A light and breezy 
kind of fun. Because, I mean, the whole banter between the thing and Johnny Storm. Yeah. Is that in there, do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I think there is banter, but it's not funny. <laughs> but it's quite interesting because they've been doing... They did a four-part thing on Fat Man on Batman where Kevin Smith was talking to Josh Trank. Mm. And they've done the three parts and the fourth part was supposed to be after Fantastic Four come out. Oh, right. And they've been building up to how much he's looking forward to Fantastic Four. I have awesome Fantastic Four looks. And there's been nothing since the film came out. Really? That's telling. So I, And he's actually doing it where the guy's coming back and sitting down and speaking with him. Mm. And I'm just... I mean, it might just be a coincidence. It might just not have been able to work their schedules out. Mm-hmm to actually get my name together but it is really kind of I'm really curious to see whether that fourth episode will ever go up mm. and whether very interesting but but yeah I mean I might be reading something into it that isn't there mm. but and again a lot of people have been coming out going like this is it this is the sign that people are tired of bullshit superhero movies and I would argue that the big problem with Fantastic Four is that it isn't a superhero movie from everything I've heard. Yeah. It's a science fiction movie. So to sort of lump that in as a... Uh, this is the death knell of the comic book movie. Yeah, really I think true. if Batman v Superman doesn't perform, then you're potentially looking at the gradual backlash against comic book movies. Hmm. I think, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of riding on that one, on the whole, you know, on, on the whole genre as well. I think, I mean, people are starting to say they're getting tired of the Marvel method as well, mm. which I can see, but I still really enjoy it. But I think part of the thing, again, I read a really interesting piece where they were like, it's a mistake to view Marvel films as films. Okay. You should view them as a comic book that moves. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And like, they were saying that to view the Avengers films as standalone films. Yeah. Well, yes, a film should stand alone by itself. It's an exception because they're essentially like an annual. Mm. So you, where in the old days of comics, you used to get the standalone issues, and then everybody would come together for a big bumper annual for Christmas. In Christmas stocking. And that's kind of what the Avengers movie is. Mm. It's all these things coming together for a big annual... Really, all you do want to see is a fight. <laughs> yeah, like a summer special. Yeah, basically. So, and yeah, this, that's kind of right. I mean, I enjoy them for what they are. I don't look at them and criticise them in the way that I would look at a Ridley Scott film or mm. something like that. I don't look at it necessarily as a film first I look at it as an adaption of a comic where would you put Ant-Man in your in your MCU order um, preference I don't know should we do the spoilery Ant-Man stuff let's do the spoilery Ant-Man stuff to sort of cap it off and then okay so if you don't want to hear it skip forward about 5-10 minutes yeah we'll be back we'll be back um I really enjoyed it. I yeah. think I'm going to enjoy it more the second time. Mm-hmm. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I wanted to at the cinema. But I didn't know what to expect from it. Because mm-hmm. Ant-Man, I jokingly said that, you know, since I've been about 12 years old, I've wanted to see Batman and Superman up on the big screen, and now mm-hmm. I'm finally getting that, and I couldn't give a shit about it. I never even knew I cared about Ant-Man, and it's the, it was the one film I really wanted to see this last year. Like, you know, I would have punched an old lady in the face to get in to see it. (laughs) 
if it ever came down to that. But but I really enjoyed it. The de aging of Michael Douglas at the beginning was so well done that I it was freaked bit, me out. I was amazed with that because like I was trying to work out what film they'd cut him out of. I, same as me, um, but it's because my mum is a massive Michael Douglas fan so I kind of grew up with it and then seeing him on it was basically it was straight out of Wall Street it was like oh, that's odd it's, I mean and if they could sustain that for a whole movie you could have a Hank Pym Ant-Man movie yeah. set in the 60s or the 80s it would be wouldn't it but uh, I mean then they had um, uh, Hayley Atwell as well and yeah. she looked slightly fake I mean it was very very good but compared to Michael Douglas yeah Michael Douglas looked real it was yeah it was it was it was a bit freaky like I say given how bad they did Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart in X-Men Last Stand. Yeah. But that was flawless. Like I say, I was literally trying to work out and see if I could see where they sort of like cut him out of a film, mm-hmm. spliced him into that blue screen style. And, but it was just flawless. It was perfect. It was that scene afterwards and that, I mean, and asked if you'd ever fucked in a lift. Yeah. That, that's what gave it away for me. <laughs> and then there was a rabbit. It was when Kathleen Turner turned up. Yeah. And Danny DeVito. <laughs> you should have put Danny DeVito in the background as Perry over a waving. That would be fantastic. Or just somewhere in the background, a jewel of the Nile. <laughs> God, we're getting tough. <laughs> we should have played as he stormed. <laughs> it should have been the opening music. But no, given that that was the opening of the film... If they'd have got that wrong, that would have instantly taken you out of it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. No, absolutely. But it was so well done and looked mm. so natural. And like I say, looked like Michael Douglas from 1980, whatever, just mm. wandered onto the set. I mean, perhaps we've got it wrong. Perhaps Michael Douglas looks like that and he's just sort of like... He wears old person makeup <laughs> to disguise the fact that he is eternal. I do that. What, like the band? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like Louise Nerding. Cool. Or Redknapp. She got too. married. Got oh, yeah, she it's did. been like 20 years. <laughs> she looks so young. <laughs> CGI. When will you accept the Redknapp marriage? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Robocop 3. It never happened. <laughs> or the Robocop remake. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought it was... I mean, there was a lot of anti it because you know it should have been an Edgar Wright film mm. I, looking at it I don't know how it would have worked as an Edgar Wright film I don't there mean... would have been a Cornetto in it yeah <laughs> a Simon Pegg cameo somewhere um, I don't mean that in any disrespect to actually that's not fair because Scott Pilgrim didn't have a Simon Pegg cameo in it mm. but um, I don't mean any disrespect to Edgar Wright because I love Edgar Wright's films but I, I don't see how he would have fitted in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in mm. the long run. I think you kind of get into bed with Marvel Pictures, or Marvel Studios, sorry. Then you kind of lose a certain thing as a filmmaker. Because you are fitting into a bigger machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there were things in it that were very right, like the Thomas the Tank thing at the end. Fab. Which I loved, which some people have put on a thing. It, it became a meme of, or whatever they're called. Like, like, you know, you think DC have lost it with this. 
this is the point Marvel lost it. Uh, that was no. brilliant. I can see their point where it was a throwaway gag in the trailer that you thought, oh, that's quite funny, but they made quite a big thing of it. Um, I'm guessing they paid that much money to get the rights to use Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, they, they were, were going to fucking milk it. But I thought it was great. I thought it fitted in nicely. I like that, you know, their big climactic battle was on the smallest setting possible mm. of a little girl's bedroom. Mm. Um, and the whole pull-away thing and just an incidental... Yeah. I love that. Um, I don't quite get why they explode, because there's no gas in them. <laughs> what explodes? The, when he's throwing the carriages. Do they explode? Yeah, he fires... He shoots them with lasers and they explode. Are they? Okay. Yellow jacket. Yeah. But, you know, that's cinematic license, isn't it? It's like, why when the Ninja Turtles blink is there bandanas there of eyelids the colour of the bandanas but um, or why does Woody need to blink in Toy Story because he's a toy but he doesn't have eyelids he's a toy did you just say Woody impression there when he went yeah <laughs> you are a toy <laughs> uh, I thought Paul Rudd was great I thought all the cast was <laughs> Yeah, my child's got nits. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great for a podcast. Andy put a Woody hat on. I had a Woody. <laughs> my child doesn't have nits. <laughs> I don't have a Woody. <laughs> yeah, let's not say Woody and my child in the same <laughs> sentence. We can get you treed. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I thought I thought Paul Rudd was great. I thought all of the cast were great, to be fair. Mm. Um, I thought the bit with the lamb was a bit brutal. Oh, yeah, where it kind of goes pop. Yeah, where it like, you know, turns inside out and just becomes a little blob of flesh on them. Yeah. It didn't make me hungry for a kebab, though. Yeah, I know. That was the point where I was like, yeah, I can't show my kids this film for a little while. <laughs> Fast forward. Because, you know, it was a cute lamb as well. <laughs> I thought the um, I, I thought the um, Falcon bit was a little bit forced, a little bit kind of pigeonholed. Yeah, I can see that. To me, with the exception of that bit, Ant Man felt like the first Marvel film that felt wholly original since the first Iron Man. Okay, it sort of had that first Iron Man feel about it. Mm. That it was something new, something I didn't know. No, I felt that about Guardians. Completely. I think Guardians is a different beast, though. It's not a superhero movie. No. Guardians felt like the first great science fiction, you know, first great fun science fiction movie in a long time. Mm. Possibly since Star Wars. Yeah. For out and out fun. Um, yeah, Ant Man. It's possible that, you know, because he was in a metal suit. But it just sort of had that Iron Man vibe about it. That's something new. It was a great... Because this is... Ant-Man's the end of Phase 2, isn't it? It is the last one from Phase 2, yeah. And then Civil War's the kick-off of Phase 3. Yeah. So I think it was the perfect palate cleanser between those two films. Mm. I think if they'd have gone for another heavy film or gone straight from Age of Ultron into Civil War... Yeah. It would have been too much. Because, I mean, you know, we're talking bleak by Marvel standards, but... Mm. 
but yeah, I am. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to watching it again. Um, I love the whole story leading up to the how we found out about the safe, mm. and then the whole thing about there's somebody looking for you. I heard from it. Yeah. That chain and the fact that he goes off on little tangents where he gets distracted by little details. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that was Ace and the uh, Baskin Robbins always knows. That's that was Ace. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna have to watch it again. I think it's because I came away thinking I really enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I wanted to enjoy it. Same with me. Like as, I say, that's why I think it's going to be a better second viewer. Yeah. So me is Inside Out. Yeah, I really liked Inside Out. Controversially, I I think I did, but everyone's raving and oh my, it's the best Pixar movie. I don't see that. I don't know if it's because I'm a parent. It connected with me in a different way, not Mm. to take anything away from a non-parent watching it. But I mean, I certainly there was a point where I teared up Mm. during Inside Out. Um, I mean, I thought it was very good look at the internal workings of depression yeah I don't know if maybe I thought it was trying to do too much possibly was, uh, I don't because I find myself trying to with every film I watch I I like to be able to understand the film and get what I don't like it if it's something I don't get yeah it's always you know uh, maybe it's potential because, spoilers for Inside Out now <laughs> oh yeah absolutely well no, uh, no I'm, I'm just going to skirt around it but maybe that was it with Inside Out maybe there were certain aspects that I was trying to relate to, yeah. that I was trying to work out, um, and couldn't quite understand their place in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Like the things of personality. That's, that's the main thing. Which, and I know what they were doing with that, I just can't find a way to explain it to you, if yeah, that makes any sense. Absolutely, and it's I like... I completely got what it was about. Once those things went... Then what happens? You know what I mean? It's just like, well, that's a big thing, surely. Yeah. I think it was the, not the... Shall we, shall we talk... We're just talking codes, so badgers. Yeah, I think with... It wasn't that she couldn't make new badgers. Right. Got it you. was that those badgers no longer held any significance for her. So does that mean whatever she... Whatever was... Whatever the badger held, she's now lost? Yeah. It just has no... So, okay. ...purpose for her. You but know, but you... then that doesn't make sense with the badger. Because there was a skill there. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. Unless that badger comes back. I honestly can't, I can't remember now. I don't think it... I don't remember. Because it does kind of crumble and go into the bit... Unless she built a new badger. I mean, the skill will always be there. It's just... She built a new badger. I'm happy with that. I think... I can live with that. I think that the, because it was an old badger, the significance yeah. of that badger. This is <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Cake or death? <laughs> yeah, but I think that's what it was. That you know, the old badger went, but she could still make new badgers. <laughs> Maybe at the very, very end, the the old badger comes back. As a ghost played by by Hayden Christensen or something, and it was like, oh, okay. Hey, Badger, I've never met. <laughs> I just, I love the idea that just randomly we appear on somebody from Pixar's radar, and they're listening. They're like, 
the fuck is this? Where were badgers and inside? <laughs> Best review ever. They get it. <laughs> Five badgers. <laughs> but, I mean, I was just happy to see Lewis Black in a film, to be honest, because I'm a big fan of him on The Daily Show. Mm. And him as anger was great. I love the whole thing with the song. <laughs> we just randomly keep chucking it up there. <laughs> But yeah, but no. Ant-Man for me, in regard to where I'd put it in the Marvel? Yes. Ooh. I'd say... I don't know. Because it's a toss-up between the first Avengers and Guardians for me as to what comes number one. Okay. Guardians slightly under because it's not technically a superhero movie, but it is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think I enjoyed them both on the same pure base level. I'd probably put it as maybe my fourth favourite. Wow, that's fourth, quite high. Fourth or fifth, maybe. So, above... So Is it above Captain America 2? No. It would generally go for me... Alternating between Avengers and Guardians in the top two slot. Mm-hmm. Depending on my mood. Then... So higher than I, man. Then... No, it'd be those two, then Winter Soldier, no, then Iron Man, then Winter Soldier, then, I probably would put it then there, yeah, so fifth, maybe. Because I've had no real great desire to go back to watching, I like both the Thor films, but they're not ones that I'd constantly re-watch like I would some of the others. I've only ever seen... Thor two once, and I've seen every single every other film apart from Iron Man or Ultron actually more than you know. If I got on DVD, I've got on DVD, but I've not watched it yet. Yeah, second time, it didn't grab me. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'd probably put it right in fifth, maybe. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That might change. It depends. I need to go back and rewatch some of them. Yeah, I'd say probably. Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2 are my bottom two. Really? Yeah. I disagree with Incredible Hulk completely. Well, you would. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's alright, it's a fun movie, but it's not a good movie. Mm. I think it was largely a missed opportunity. But we, could, we could do a whole podcast where we argue over the positioning of where the... It's very true. Marvel movies would place... Because like, I don't know where I put Age of Ultron. I need to watch it again. Yeah, I do as well. Because um, there was a lot I enjoyed while I was watching it, and there was a lot after I thought about it where I was kind of like... Mm. There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. There was a lot missing as well. Mm. And I just loved the fact that Iron Man lands in a base where he's got no idea what's around him and just walks out of his suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mainly because they've gone, we're paying Robert Downey Jr. all this money. I want to see his fucking face. <laughs> But yeah, but no, um, I think that's it pretty much nerdy-wise for me. Um, yeah, I think what, um, I'd like to add something very quickly. Um, a, an artist that I, 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 I absolutely love, like a very massive influence for me, his name's uh, Matt Dixon. Um, and 
uh, he he's a he's a digital artist. He's he draws a lot of robots, which is probably why I quite yeah. like him. But um, he he's got a crowdfunding. Is it patronage? Patronage? Uh, patronage. I think patronage. Um, he's got he's running a patronage at the moment to basically um, to raise some funds so he can start doing a lot more of his own work as opposed to commissions because he's just been. Um, diagnosed with uh, with a problem with his eyes, which means that he won't be well. There's, there's a chance he'll be, might lose his sight at some point. So he's trying to stop all of his commissions, uh, well, trying to cut down his commissions and then work on stuff he really wants to work on, which is, well, works absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but, um, he doesn't know he could lose it within a month. He, it, it could it be, could a, be months, years. Could be years. Absolutely. So he's trying to get everything he can out of himself, if you like. And he's got all these books coming out. And but just look at some of his stuff. If you if you go to Facebook and type in Matt Dixon, his it's, stuff's just incredible. It's one of those things that's easy to dismiss as you know, fuck this guy. Why should I pay for him to do the thing he enjoys? Yeah. But it's not. There is, I looked at it and there is it is very rewarding for yourself as well and I don't just it's, mean it's any. quite it's quite um, emotional it really sounds really odd I mean it's, it's his robot stuff especially that's the stuff I think he said before now that he loves it that, that that's him it's very personal and you can kind of tell that because it, it's all about kind of loneliness and just kind of gigantic robots that are kind of starting to degrade and starting to, to rust you've got to see them anyway you just as I said go to Matt Dixon but um, uh, on Facebook Matt Dixon just look at some of his stuff but yeah he's got running a passionate side that he's trying to earn some money so he can bring out all these books while he still can um, yeah just go and have a look and if you feel urged I'd love you to you know I've met him a few times he's really such a nice guy and because it's the kind of thing that I do, I love doing as well. I'm really getting into my digital art. I class myself at the moment as an upcoming digital well as a digital artist. So I want to become a digital artist. Not I'm not not. Oh yeah, I will be an upcoming digital artist. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I've I've emailed him loads of times and I'm asking for tips and tricks. Um, you know, and he he's, and he said piss off, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he he's he's been fantastic and he's been really open and sharing me all of his trade secrets and stuff. And it's it's one of those things. Don't just dismiss it as like one of those. Ooh, send me money so I can go to Comic Con. No, he one. really isn't. Think of it as like something you love. That there is something. So you know if. Comics are the thing you love. If you're told you, you know, within a month or within ten years, you might never be able to read comics. You're going to buy all the bloody comics you read. You really can. But in the meantime, there's somebody chucking a load of comics at you. You've got no interest in, yeah. or no real interest in, that you need to get through before you can read the ones you want to read. Absolutely. It's not, like I say, it's not a self-serving thing. You don't have to give a lot. It's, I mean, you can give a dollar. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Literally, I mean, it's great because as, as a bit of an incentive, you get to kind of see a, like a private field, almost like a private uh, chat room. There's tutorial videos, isn't there? Tutorial videos and all of his art. You see all his art before everyone else does, and you can just get one-to-one time with him, and he's really quick on replies as well. And, you, yeah, you, and you're looking at it. It's an American website, so it's all in dollars, but you're working, you know, I mean, two or three quid a month kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And you can stop whenever you want, which is fantastic. But... Just as I said, just go look at this stuff. If you go to his Facebook page, he's got all the links there to to his patronage site, his fundraising site. If you want to go to, go and have a look. Just type in his name on Facebook. Go and have a look. Great stuff. That's, that's Matt Dixon. Matt Dixon. Um, also, plug as well. If 
you can find it all on our True Believers website, but Rachel Smith, who's a guest at True Believers 2016, her book, The Rabbit, is available to pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, hoping to interview her on the podcast soon. Oh, I'm really? just waiting for my copy of The Rabbit to arrive so that I can... It's not out until the end of the month, so you can pre-order it now. I think it's released on the 28th of August. All the links are on our website at oktruebelievers.com. While you're there, buy your tickets. Mm. Um, <laughs> plug, plug. Shameless. Um, but yeah, no, check it out. It's, it looks like a really interesting, really good book. There's an interview with her as well on the website that we did, just a short one about the rabbit. And like I say, we're hoping to speak to her on the podcast about it at a future date. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, keep checking out the I Am Zoot page on Facebook. Uh, keep checking True Believers. Please keep spreading the word. Please buy your tickets. And Batman Day. And Batman Day at. Um, when is it? <laughs> it's the 26th of September or 25th of September. 26th, I think. Whatever day the Saturday is. 26th of September at Proud Lion in Cheltenham. We will have physical tickets to sell. We will also have our mugs. You can see the mug design online. It's the real heroes wear overpants. Mm-hmm. I've called him Captain Overpants, by the way. Even though he's true believer man. But we've called him Captain Overpants, even though there is a Captain Underpants. Yeah, but this isn't Captain It's Underpants. like the bizarro version of him. <laughs> isn't he Captain... No, Sweatpants is him. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly not a reaction to Superman and most of the DC characters losing their overpants. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we got that mug, we'll have badges, other cool stuff. You can come down, you can speak to us about True Believers as well. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I will say it till the day I day, day I die, or day the day I True day Believers day. dies. True Believers is your event. Mm-hmm. We are just the facilitators, we put people together and then it is your event. Um, at the moment we've got a thing on our Facebook page where we want you to let us know what sort of things you'd like to see as panels. Uh, we've announced two. We've got the Dirt Mags Tim Quinn panel about the Amazing Spider-Man at BBC Radio One in the nineties, which is going to be great. It's a really, really good story as to how that came to happen. And if all goes to plan, there will be a special announcement at the end of that of something new that's coming. Um, we've got the Doctor Who panel with Emma Vicelli, whose Eighth Doctor miniseries comes out later in the year. Paul Cornell, who's worked on the comics, he's got the Four Doctor story out, comic out at the moment. He also wrote a lot of episodes. He did the Richard E. Grant animated Scream of the Shackler. I may have pronounced that wrong. Uh, episode that was done before the series came back in 2005. He also wrote the um, episodes for the new series. He's written uh, Human Nature, the book, which was then turned into a two-part David Tennant story. We'll have Mike Collins on that panel as well. Great guy. And we've got First person to draw Gambit, I do believe. He's the first person to draw Gambit, and he's also a um, he's also a storyboarder as well. He is on Doctor Who, yeah. and we've got Rachel Smith on that panel as well because she does the funny com- Doctor Who comic strip in the Titan comics. Um, so yeah, and that'll be talking about all things Doctor Who, um, from him in comics, all the Doctor in comics to the TV series and beyond. Um, so yeah if you're a Doctor Who fan that's it Um, we'll have the Celebrate Cosplay panel which we're hoping to announce soon and then yeah we're looking for ideas for other panels that you might want to see because you know it's all well and good us just guessing what you want but if you tell us what you want what you really really want what you really really want we can help deliver that so yeah your feedback is always welcome Um, you know 
try and keep it nice and polite. Some of the abusive ones are a bit unnecessary. <laughs> but, you know... At least you're listening. <laughs> at least you're there to get pissed off that we posted a notification. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just keep it... It's True Believers is about the passion for the thing we love, which is comic books. And we want True Believers to be around for as long as you want True Believers to be around. So... But for us to be able to do that, it's not a cheap event to put on, so it is funded by you guys. Mm -hmm. We don't get big sponsors in, we don't get big corporate things in that then want to weigh in with what they think the event should be. It is all funded by you guys, so yeah. Um, the best way you can support us is by buying your tickets and spreading the word and helping us to make True Believers bigger than it was last year. Last year was great, it was a great foundation to build on. I don't like using the term bigger and better. Because, you know, it's that, that's subjective. But if we can make it bigger, we can grow to be the Comic-Con you deserve. <laughs> Not necessarily the one you need. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it, man. I was coming from the heart. and <laughs> You Nolanized I, it. I smelled that, I smelled that a mile away. <laughs> Sorry. You can't say that anymore without having to dark night it. <laughs> I'm now going to ride my motorbike into the night <laughs> and retire for eight years. Fuck you. <laughs> but but yeah, no, we we want it to be around, and we think you guys want it to be around. So and you know, it's a nice antidote to the big cons where you go and pay an extortionate amount of money to get your photo taken with somebody. But you know, well, that's cool. At True Believers, you get the chance to actually talk to people on both sides of the table and just really take your time and enjoy the day. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that's you can find us on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash OK True Believers. We're on Twitter at OK True Believers. Uh, we've got the website, OKTrueBelievers.com. Um, we're probably sitting outside your house, to be honest, just waving a banner. Um, yeah, any support you can give us in spreading the word and getting it out there, that would be fantastic. Um, tell your friends, if you do like the event page but you don't want to receive the notification, just switch the turn off notifications. Um, we don't post on there much and anything we do post is about the event, so it's updating you on guests or people who've got tables or reminding you to buy tickets because a lot of people have put their go in but they've not bought their tickets yet. Um, and just things like that. Everything we post on there is relevant to it. It's not just like, look at this cat dressed up as Iron Man. We'll post that on the main page, but you don't get notifications for that. Um, it is all key stuff, and if you are passionate about what we do, then it is stuff you'd be interested in reading. Um, we got the five-question interviews on our website. They're worth checking out, mm -hmm. where you can read interviews with our guests, where we just basically ask them five simple questions, and they give us answers. Some go into more depth than others. Some are very much one-word answers. But it, you know, it gets across to you what the people are about, so you know who they are before you get there, and hopefully, then you know it inspires you to want to go check out their tables. So check that out. Um, we'll be at Leamington Comic Con as well later in the year. We'll have mugs there as well. You can pre-order the mugs through the website, or you can just buy them from us in person on the day. Um, yeah, like I say, any questions, drop us an email or hit us up on Facebook or whatever. And um, thank you for listening. Uh, Check out I Am Zoot, check out OK True Believers, check out Matt Dixon, and check out The Rabbit by Rachel Smith. And we will hopefully be back with a new podcast again soon. Uh, it is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Ah, very nice. Two Ronnies. And we are out. <laughs>